Welcome to Checking In, a weekly podcast from Hotel Owner, the UK's trusted source of hotel industry news and analysis. Each week we meet a new guest and learn their story, all the highs and lows, triumphs and disasters they've faced and how they got through to the other side. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to. To get more industry insight, head to hotelowner.co.uk and subscribe for unlimited access. If you're interested in sponsoring episodes of the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at hotelowner.co.uk. Hello, I'm Heather from Checking In, and this week we're speaking to Lee Pickersgill, Energy Manager at Valor Hospitality. Lee talks about what he learned during his time with the Royal Engineers, how he helps Valor reduce its energy usage across its portfolio, and what sustainable initiatives are set to emerge in the industry. Welcome, Lee. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we get into your current role with uh, Valor Hospitality, um, would you be able to tell us a bit about your background? Because you have a really interesting uh, history. Uh, I know you're with the HM Forces Corps of Royal Engineers. Um, and yeah, could you tell us a bit about that, the sort of the roles you, you held there and, and what you learned in your time there? Okay, this could be well, this could be a long time. Um, <laughs> so before I joined Valor, I had a 27 plus year career in the military with the Royal Engineers. Um, I joined them straight from school, so that was the only job I've ever had. Never even had a paper round. Um, so through the progression of the Royal Engineers, moving up the ranks, you um, as a Royal Engineer, you have three different titles as such. So you join as a soldier. Uh, where you do all the military um, war fighting and um, using weapons and field craft and things like that. And then as a oil engineer, you're also a combat combat engineer. So as a combat engineer, you move into um, the bridge building side of life, explosives, water purification, watermanship. Um, so you're put sort of front line getting people to the battle and supporting them afterwards. Um, and then you're also tradesmen. So when I joined, I joined as a, a fitter mechanic, um, basically working on heavy engines, plant vehicles, moving on to tanks. Um, um, and that's how we supported, I supported the army. But as you go through the ranks, then you sort of move from pillar to post into job roles where you've never had it and you're just expected to do it. And within a couple of months, you're expected to be the subject matter expert. <laughs> um, so you go into section commander roles where you're almost like project managing things, um, through um, building, construction. Um, and I did quite a lot of this in Iraq and Afghan Afghanistan around 2010. Um, that was probably my better part of my career where I went out there and, and made a big difference. Um, I also went out there instructing um, in 2017, no, 2013, I believe. Um, and then again, progressed up through as a sergeant and staff sergeant um, instructing and ended up in a role that would be almost like facilities management mm. uh, of a squadron and a regiment. Um, so just looking after the people, their accommodation, their um, offices, buildings, um, warehouses, um, and, and how they deal with day-to-day -day, um, jobs and, and working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did, you, um, did you foresee uh, ending up in that kind of role within the, or, or was that uh, something of a a surprise or a shift for you and something maybe you weren't prepared for or how did that go? How did that progression go? Well, up to the final, my final rank in the military, mm. it was, you, you never, when you, when you join the military, you sort of look up to the people that are instructing you and the people above you and you're sort of in awe 
of what they do and um especially in in the mid 90s everyone everyone from from a corporal rank above was was like a a, a real like high profile figure in the military and the, the, everyone was working hard and playing hard and you respected everyone there's lots of uh, values that the military teach you um discipline um standards um uh, respect integrity loyalty uh, and you look at those people above you and think like well, I want to be there one day mm. you never expect you do um, but um, I suppose after 20 years 20 plus years it, uh, you, you eventually make 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 that progression um, the important thing for me was when I did get to that um, those levels was to ensure that the people below me looked up to me in the same sort of aspect and mm-hmm. um, kind of left the forces as kind of a father figure to quite quite a lot of people um, and that's the way I commanded um, you'll see on a lot of programs, films, documentaries where military people have different ways of leadership where you can see on one hand where they're sort of quite loud and sort of almost dictating what needs to be done and this is how it's going to be done, it's my way and we'll just make it happen. Whereas I was very just polite, use manners. If you ask someone nicely, well, listen guys, we've got a job to do, I think we should do it this way. Um um, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. If anyone's got any ideas to make it better, please tell me now and we'll go through it together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always first in to do something, that lead by example sort of thing. And people respected that. Uh, and it got me a long way and a lot of people want, wanted to work for me, um, which was really good. Yeah. And, and I guess I suppose, um, you know, in that regards to respect, that's very much transferable to hospitality, but it's also, you know, very much team players and... Um, about treating those that you work with with that respect, um, which sort of brings me on to how did that progression go from um, the military to valor hospitality? How did that role come about, and, and what led you to to making that shift? So, when you leave the military, um, especially once you finish your full career, you're kind of it's quite weird. You're not um, sacked you're not fired you just know that you're coming to the end of a job and you're in the middle of your life so it's like what, what am I going to do next um, and, and if you haven't got a plan you you tend to get quite anxious and depressed which I actually did but the military give you a good um, resettlement plan where they give you a two-year period um, and the funds to retrain in a chosen career mm. um, at the time I think I was well into my second year of this resettlement plan and I was kind of following the norm of uh, a lot of ex-military people of my rank going to project management or health and safety. Um, and I was like just follow, following that sort of line, doing those kind of courses. And then, then I thought to myself, what is it, what, what do I actually want to do? What will get me out of bed and make me want to go to work? Which I found was quite a neat trick. That was quite a hard question to ask myself. Mm. Um, so I was like, what could it be? And then I found energy um, through LinkedIn and career fairs, actually. Um, and obviously the prices were going through the roof. Um, I've got a young family, so I'm all about giving them a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought energy energy actually and energy management would be, would be really a good fit for me. So on LinkedIn, I sort of grabbed hold of a person called Paul Webb, who's a, a, an energy consultant and expert for over 40 years. Um, and he's in that part of his career where he wants to give back as well. 
Um, and I told him my story. He told me his story and we sort of linked together and we're actually quite good friends now. I did all of his courses and did some um, energy conscious organization courses with Esther Energy um, and basically got myself qualified within six months, really. I, I pushed myself through it quite fast and just had, had total focus on it. All, all my eggs were in that one basket. Um, and through Paul, he is linked with Valor anyway. Um, so it just came to fruition that Valor was very, very clever and forward thinking that when the energy prices went through the roof, um, they basically asked Paul, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? And he's, and he basically he works for other people. He's got other clients. He hasn't got enough time for just Valor on, the, on their own. So he was like, you need, a, you need an energy manager. Mm. Um, and it just so happens I've got someone in mind. Um, so um, Valor kind of took a, a bit of a risk on me, really, because coming from the military, I didn't have any... Um, experience in hospitality mm. or, or a lot in, any, in the energy sector. Um, but Paul's reputation was on the line and he was happy to take that risk on me. And um, almost a year later, I think a couple of weeks, I think the 5th, 5th of January this year, I started the job. So I've almost done my first year and I've, I've actually accomplished quite a lot. And um, yeah, it's been a really good year. Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely come on to that. Um, and so sort of in that preparation, what, what sort of things... Um, did you learn through the courses? Could you give us a bit of a rundown on on how that prepared you for the role? Yeah, so um, the course basically teaches me how to be an energy consultant. Um, so when I go into a building, so because I work for Valor as a, an employee, um, I sort of am their consultant basically, but I'm working for them. But what I do is I uh, review, realign, reduce and report on the energy. So I review, we review the bills, um, what energy consumption is happening at the moment, um, what the people are like, what, how the hotels are running um, as, as normal operation. Um, and then I look at realigning all that by reducing what they're doing, put, putting set points into their technologies, speaking to the people, giving them a bit of a um, the reasons why we do what we do. It's not a case of... Um, turn this off or turn this down just do it it's this is why we're doing it mm. educating and keep on educating so they understand why they're doing it and they take that home with them as well so all the employees sort of know what i'm talking about and then they take that back back to the homes um and then we reduce the energy so i implement implement things um make observations um recommendations and actions and the hotels take that on board um and tend to implement what i say and then then i report i produce reports of my energy assessments quite quickly um, and send them off to the general managers and the ops directors and everyone involved so everyone can see what I've seen and it's purely just taking pictures and putting words to those pictures it's mm. really simple it's kind of like a, a fresh pair of eyes for them yeah um, the hotels have been doing they've been doing everything for so long and they're getting into that sort of the same processes it's all about the customer lights all on it looks fantastic when you walk through the door which is which is how it should be um temperature's fantastic and they've got all these good um facilities so i'm i'm going in there with a fresh set of eyes and actually if you do you need this on do you need that at that temperature mm -hmm. should it be this what uh and it's and it's quite a quite easy really it's almost common sense in some aspects um so basically, I walk in. So what I do, the process of that is, I walk into every, every room I walk into. I'm looking at a few, a few pertinent things. So I look at the heating, mm -hmm. lighting, 
the cooling, the power, the energy management of that room, and if there's any water involved. Um, and I just say, right, is this lighting? Is this light too bright? Does it need to be on? Is there anyone in there? Um, is, it, is it too warm? Is it too cold? Mm. Um, is, is there water in the kitchens? Is the water running? Why are we carrying on running water? It's all about wastage. Um, the, easiest, the easiest way to save, the easiest kilowatt to save is the kilowatt you don't use. Um, and, mm. and that fresh set of eyes is sort of helping Bella out quite a lot. Mm. And when you're sort of going room to room, do you sort of have a list of priorities in your mind of what to look out for? Or is it, or is it literally a matter of sort of say what you see um, as you go around? Yeah, yeah. So it's just as I said, I just walk into a room or mm. a building, I'm like, right, heating, lighting, cooling, water, power. How are they doing it? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and although it looks fantastic... And they all do. It's like, okay, right, this looks fantastic, but there's no one in it. Mm. That's d- does it need to be? And it's simple, simple, simple things like um, hotels that have got leisure facilities, um, meeting and conference rooms. They're the really easy wins. So it's it's just a case of putting an implementation of managing the time of those spaces. So, for instance, meeting rooms. If you work backwards, someone will have all the bookings of those rooms. So say a room's been booked from 9 to, or say it's 10, 10, to 10 in the clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I'd expect that at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, someone from the staff would go around and look if it's still being used. If it is, fantastic. If it's not, then just turn everything off. Mm. Everything off, lights off, air conditioning off, everything goes off. And then when they come to clean it, put it back on, clean it down, prep it for the next day, turn it all off again. Yeah, um, yeah, and then the next day when it's ready for booking, half an hour before it's booked, turn it all back on and get it all temperature ready for that for that client. Mm-hmm. Instead of turning it on every room on first thing in the morning, ready for the day, but then this is down to um, amount of staff that are on that deal with this. So there'll be hotels where there's one person that's in charge of this, or some cases not where they, where they're just understaffed and and they're. Basically, we need all these rooms ready by X amount of time. We just need to get them all ready and put them all on. I get that, mm. but I'm I'm that sort of almost like the energy ogre coming around <laughs> and saying, yeah, it could probably not have done that or do it another way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how big is the portfolio roughly? And, and would you say is it varied or, um, yeah, what's the difference like between the sites? So. The Valley UK portfolio is 34 hotels up and down the country. There's got three, three so you've got uh, a couple in Glasgow and Edinburgh, and then you come down the country, um, Harrogate, Liverpool, Chester, Manchester, coming down further, um, Leicester, and then Reading, High Wycombe, and then all the way down to the bottom where you've got Plymouth um, and, and Fareham and the Southampton um, hotels. They're all different brands. So you've got brands from Holiday Inn to Crown Plazas to Indigo's, um, courtyard by Marriott, um, Hilton Garden Inns, and such like. So they're all different shapes and sizes, different um, sizes going up. Um, as in, like could, some could be like fifteen floors, uh, so, and then you could have some which just look like I've got a big footprint where they're two floors, but just loads of space. Some have leisure facilities, like I said. Some have meeting rooms. Some don't. Um, some are just purely just a hotel. So that they're, they're really um, there's many differences to all the hotels. Um, we've got a couple on the line now that we're bringing in. We've got one in Port Rush and one in St Andrews. 
And we're also taking charge of a Zeal Hotel in Exeter, which is looking at one of the going to be one of the first sustainable hotels, fully sustainable hotels in the UK, mm. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're a global company, so we've got the Americas, um, Africa and, and Asia. Um, a couple, of, In fact, a couple of months ago, I went over to America to support the American team out there as well with what I've been doing because they didn't realise that we had an image manager and they were like, well, what's, what's he doing over there? So let's, <laughs> let's see if we can get some support from him. So it was really good to, to have a week visit over there and, and support them over there as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and what what came of that? Do they have an energy manager over there now or is that something they're going to consider? Um, they don't, but um, I, I advise them to. I think each, each, um, each team, that nation should have an energy manager um, especially with Valor and, and hotels, the thing with the thing with Valor UK is we're quite unique. Where all of that, well, the two there's two portfolios in essence um, owned by uh, two different. So one one's owned by an American company and one's by an Asian. Uh, so it's easy to manage those. So there's like 17 hotels in each, and the, and the three that are getting added on. Whereas in America, the majority of the hotels and quite a lot of them are individually owned. Mm. Um, so it's it's hard to put my um, incentives and my um, initiatives across to some owners. Some owners are almost military. It's quite funny to mm. to, to hear about them. One mm. one owner in particular um, was really like, "This is how we're doing it. This is my hotel. We're going to do it like this. That's it all about it." Whereas other hotels are like, "Wow, well, yeah, we just want you to come and support us. Let us know exactly what you think. Um, what we're we doing." what we're doing bad or what could we be doing and what I always say is I'm not here to pick anything up mm. I, don't, I do assessments I don't do inspections so I'm not there to say right you're doing this wrong I'm just there to say this is what you're doing we could do it like this we could improve it like this we could save by doing x y or z yeah um and going back to the the UK sites is there sort of a an area of improvement that you see is coming on across quite often um, across the sites? Is there sort of any area in particular that, that you notice as a, a recurring um, issue, perhaps? Um, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's many recurring issues. There's, there's a few things that I've, I've, I've come across um, in quite a few hotels with regards to the catering um, side of life. Um, and again... The catering industry is uh, its own set of issues with regards to energy, um, especially when you get to experienced um, catering staff. Their their outputs are good food, good quality in good time. Um, so when I'm going around the kitchens, there's always um, equipment that is running on at a certain temperature where it might not be utilised at that time. So there may be hobs or burners or, or things going on, pizza ovens on, for instance, where it's just there set at the right temperature, ready for that order to come in, so they can get straight to it and get the ingredients together and get something cooked for the client or the guest. I get that, I totally get that. But there's certain, again, there's certain kits and equipment where they don't actually need to be on for that amount of time or they heat up quite quickly, so they don't need to be on at all. Um, so like hob, gas hobs are instant heat, basically. You turn it off, it's off. If you need it, you turn it on and it's a flame. Um, there, there are things like pizza ovens. So some hotels, not all, have um, overnight menus for their guests. 
um, and some of them are warm menus, i.e. they'll have pizzas on there and things like that. I've been to some hotels where they've had the pizza oven on 24-7. So I'm, I'm like, okay, do you understand how much energy you're using just for that one pizza oven? Like, yeah, but we need it to be on. And then I'm like, okay, so how many, how many pizzas do you actually order or get asked to order overnight mm. in the past month? Um, and someone said, well, we haven't. <laughs> so, so, you, so, you, so you sent me the pizza oven's been on 24-7. You even, so there's little things like this. Um, where, again, I'm not being the energy ogre, but I'm just trying to get a little bit of common sense about, right, let's, t- let's, let's try, let's trial something. Let's turn it off, wait for someone to make an order and, and turn it on and see how long it takes to heat up to the right temperature. Or use um, combi ovens, rational ovens. There's, there's other ways to cook a pizza, for instance. Um, and there's things like leisure facilities where they're, temperature pool temperature and air temperatures aren't correct so over night time they're turning the air temperatures down or off and the pool water turns into a giant radiator um and so that pool water's trying to heat up the air and then in the morning when it all comes back on again they're early guests usually the elderly or, or young women with um young young babies or things like that in, in toddlers or swimming they complain that the temperature of the pool is too cold well, it will be because it's lost all of its temperature trying to heat up the air. Um, so there's loads of little things. Um, um, low, low occupancy areas, um, so storerooms, um, back of house corridors and things like that where the lights are on all the time, where mm. the housekeeping are going in, getting their bits and pieces coming out. Uh, and again, their outputs are time-related. They either forget to turn the light off or, or they just haven't got the time to do it where you can implement um, passive infrared sensors in the rooms, where you just come in, turns on, go out, and it turns off. Really simple, easy wins like this. Um, are just some implementations that are, are common. Mm, mm. Um, and during your tenor, is there a, an occasion that um, maybe sticks out in your head of where a hotel has made a really great improvement in an area um, where that was needed? Um, so, yeah, I won't name the hotel, mm-hmm. but... Um, so on the day that I, I went and, and another thing that I say to all the hotels, it's just, it's either coincidence or, um, you've, you've been doing things really, really good or on this particular day, things are just going wrong or I'm just observing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, one particular hotel, majority of things that I've just mentioned there, I observed. So it had a leisure facility, um, where the temperature was going down overnight. Um, there was, um, so I do a night assessment as well. So I stay at the hotels and then about one, two o'clock in the morning, I go down and do a full assessment again just to see if there's anything going on at night. There was water, there was uh, running water, i.e. there was a tap left on, hot tap left on um, overnight. The thing with water is it, water waste is quite important because there's potentially four costs to water. So you, you have to pay to get it. Um, you have to pay to heat it up if you are heating it up. You have to pay for it to go to waste. And in some cases, you have to pay to treat it, depending on what part of the country you're in. So there's potentially four costs there. Mm. Um, so if you're just running a hot water for tw- overnight and not noticing it, you're just throwing money down the drain sort of thing. Um, so they had that. The pizza oven was on 24-7. Um, there was loads of little little, little issues. Um, but um, fair play to the general manager at the time. Um, they saw my report, um, opened their eyes up wide, 
Um, and they implemented pretty much all my actions straight away. And within two weeks, they saved 50% of their energy. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so that was, re- yeah, that was a really big deal. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was quite proud of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you find in general, general managers are quite receptive to what's brought up? Yeah, they, they really are, actually. I, I'm, I'm really quite um, quite overwhelmed when I first got to the, to the company, going around, speaking to the general managers and maintenance teams. Um, everyone, when I walked in, I was almost thinking that they were going to say, oh, no, energy manager's here, let's turn mm-hmm. everything off and things like that. But I, I sort of make sure that I tell them or I don't tell them when I'm coming, mm-hmm. um, just so that the hotel is just running as normal. Um, it benefits them massively because they can, like I say, they've got that fresh set of eyes and I can just, I take a picture and, and they're like, well, the camera doesn't lie sort of thing. And there's nothing it's nothing bad on them. They're like all for it. They're really, really enthusiastic about when I'm coming around and say, right, just go to town. You've got access to all areas. Um, please tell me what I need to know sort of thing so then they can make the make the changes. Um, and, and more often than not, they do. Brilliant. Um, and so, in, in your opinion, uh, how do you think the the sector as a whole can can be best kept informed on how to be you know, eco conscious and conscious of the energy they use? What, in your opinion, is the best way to to yeah um, allow that? So, ed- education is is the key. Um, like I said earlier on, it's and letting people know the whys. Um, um, and giving the customers and the clients their choice. Um, so there's loads of things that, that can be done, reference water waste. And um, so in a lot of hotels, we bring in um, green stay initiatives. Um, IHG have got quite a lot a lot of these where you can put a, a tag on the back of your door to say, I don't need my linen or anything changed this, this for the next couple of days, so you're not wasting on that. Um, there's um, using less plastics, um, waste, uh, food wastage. Um, there's, there's loads of stuff that can be done and, and is a bit getting done. Um, but it's it's all about ed- educating the, the client or the customer more than more than more than often. Really, mm. um, we get a lot of corporate clients now, and and they are really wanting to stay in sustainable hotels is part of their values and standards as well as a business so that they're, they're sort of steering they, they send out questionnaires do you do this do you do that are you recycling this are you saving this are you doing this eco and then if we don't answer the right questions obviously you've got to be truthful um, about everything you say you can't um, be telling lies or saying oh we're heading towards it or things like that you've got to be quite clear of, of what you're achieving um, and if you don't tick the right boxes, then guess what? They're not going to use your hotel. Um, so it's quite um, quite a big thing now. Mm. Um, and it, have you noticed, is that an increasing trend, um, that sort of consciousness coming from the customer's side? Yeah, it is actually. Um, um, there's been surveys going around for the past year, couple of years or so. It's looking around about 80% of customers surveyed would prefer to stay in a more sustainable hotel. Um, and that would... And with the cost implementation on that as well, they've also said if it costs a little bit more, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to pay that. So it is really interesting, and, and a lot of people are on board with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note of trends, are there any sort of trends that you foresee coming up in terms of sustainability in the industry, or or something you've noticed more and more hotels are implementing? 
Um, a lot of hotels now are looking, um, especially with COP28 and um, Net Zero and all of our targets, we, we need to be looking at the new tech. We need to be keeping with the times, um, being smarter, um, using using uh, new ways to heat, and also the HVAC side of life. Um, with a lot of gases going on, so we need to start steering away from gas. Um, quite a few of our hotels have combined heat and power um, sources, so we're using gas from the grid to generate our own electricity. That's great, but eventually when we go down the line, we won't be using that gas, so now they're looking at hydrogen-ready um, CHPs, um, looking at smart controls for lighting, power, you can do smart controls for all, all, all the plug sockets in the hotels. And there's some really ingenious technology out there now. Obviously, that comes at a price. Um, and it's all about the owners being able to spend that money on those in, on those initiatives. I, th- I feel that those that can are generally are doing it and, mm-hmm. and really sort of pushing and, and looking looking to the future. Um, and those that can't, unfortunately, they, they, they're tending to try to just do the energy implementations to try and reduce the usage rather than managing it in the, the technology in right now um, but certainly it's 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 all about tech now there's new technology every every five minutes and um, I mean when I was we're looking at um, what 20 2040 for the hotel hospitality industry to look at net zero um, I know unless the globe's looking at 2050 but 2040 that's what just coming up to 20 years, 17 years, I was thinking of my military career. When I joined the military, I, the mobile phones were like really new. There wasn't such thing as the internet and things like that, certainly not for me. I mean, I didn't get a mobile phone until I was in my sort of mid-20s. And then ever, ever, ever so quickly, like everyone's got all this new tech. There's like every five minutes there's a new mobile coming out. Um, and it's the same with the technology within within any buildings. And it will be the same in your homes. Um I think with the next five years with solar, renewables, wind and such like, within five years everyone will be all over it and, and trying to make this, themselves sustainable mm. um, as well as hospitality. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned things like new tech and just to finish off really, are there any sort of initiatives um, in particular uh, that Valor is looking at to, to reach that, that net zero goal that you can tell us about? So there's um, so this next year I'll be concentrating on making every hotel 100% LED. That's a quick win. Um, it's gen- it's not not expensive, um, but we're, we're almost there anyway. So um, we're doing really well with that. Um, with regards to tech, we're trying to look at smart um, smart, smart tech for that. We've already got um, AMR, so automatic meter reading. So um, what I should have said at the start of the interview actually is data is key. Um, every, everything that I do, I need to be able to measure it um, from a, from a baseline, like last year or 2019, even before COVID, um, where we can see how we're reducing. If you can't see the the figures going down or the graphs going down, or or in some cases going up, um, the data we use is half hourly, so I can see on a, on a week where there's been spikes, and then I can go to the general managers in the hotel immediately say listen you've you've got a spike at this hour what was going on in the hotel um and then they can go and investigate um solar is, is definitely going to be big um it, it needs to be 
um, the movement of combined heat and power to hydrogen, um, um, HVAC going from gas to um, heat pumps uh, and things like that. So th- those kind of technologies, I think, are going to be coming in pretty big next year. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Lee. Um, just to finish off, we just ask a few sort of quick fire round questions. Okay. Um, just to begin, could you tell us, do you have a favourite book? Mm. Um, I think at the moment, the 5am club, I think, I, I think you must have heard about it. Mm-hmm. I, I've sort of made a big deal of it in, in Valor, actually. I've published it on our social, social media. I've, I've read the book and I'm, I'm trying to do it. It's pretty pretty hard to do mine, um, but it's really good. I sort of I, I've taken things from that and I call it my real hour. Um, so reflection, education, looking at my attitude, um, and well, the E was exercise actually, and the L is learning. Um, so like, give yourself an hour during the day. The five a.m. sometimes doesn't work for some people, um, but I do a lot of driving with this with this job, so. Through my commute, some ones listen to podcasts and other books and things like that. So that's my learning. Mm. Um, the exercise is pretty hard, pretty hard work since I've left the military because I'm always in the car or or, or in a hotel eating good food. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Five AM Club I think is probably my, my my go-to book at the moment. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, do you have a favourite film? Um, so I like I like. War films, obviously, being ex-military, but I like sort of films with an element of truth. So the the, the classics like Braveheart, um, mm. um, nineteen seventeen was was a fantastic film. The, the way they filmed that, I was like, that, that's just bonkers. The way they filmed that, um, and more recently, probably um, Lone Survivor, just because it's got that Afghanistan mm. thing, and I've kind of been there and know what kind of what they're going through. Um, so, so yeah, those kind of films are probably up there. Right, right. Um, do you have a pet hate? Littering. <laughs> mm. I just, yeah. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, to be fair, um, um, just walking here today, um, I, I, I was just minding my business and just seeing what's on the streets, seeing people doing it, and I was just like, it sort of grinds, grinds my gears, as it, as it were. Um, we go on my family, young family, we go on holiday to Holland, um, or have done in the past couple couple of years. Um, and it's just like so clean mm. over in, in that side of the pond. Um, and it's like, why, what, what are you doing? How have you been educated? It must be something. Um, but just, yeah, just littering just does my head in. Mm. <laughs> and it's, it's so easy not to do. It, it, it is. But... It is. And it costs nothing. There's no, there's no education about it. It's just don't do it. Yeah. If you've got, if you use something to put it in. Oh, oh dear. Um, well, you just mentioned Holland. Um, do you have a favourite holiday destination? So when I left the military, I trekked my um, fiancé to a, a cruise in the Caribbean. Um, it was more of a sort of a thank you for putting up with me in the military for so long, but I thought, well, if you're going, I need to go with you. Um, <laughs> but, that, yeah, that was that was an unbelievable holiday um, as a couple, and I'm sure I'm going to go on many more cruises now, now I've done that. But I think... Holland, so Euro camping. Um, like I said, I've got a young young family. I've got a, a, an eight and 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 a five year old, and we Euro camping is just so much fun. Mm. Um, and it's just out in the air, out in the open, um, quite quite sustainable. 
Um, um, but yeah, no, it's just just fun, good family time. Anywhere yeah. really. Sounds lovely. Um, who was somebody that inspired you growing up? I knew this kind of question was going to come up. <laughs> I was thinking about celebrities and things like that, but I just couldn't think of anyone. Um, I think my dad. Mm. Um, so sort of a bit cliche, but um, I had quite a good, I had a very good upbringing. Actually, it was not uh, we weren't rich. It was um, my parents were just this is this is how things are. We're normal people. Um, they didn't. They always told us the wise. Um, those have got all that good stuff because of this. We've not got it because of this. But it was. He's very humble. He was ex-military as well. Um, he actually came out when I was born. Probably a big mistake in his part. He'll never admit it. But, um, but yeah, my dad sort of put put me on the right right line and sort of made me who I am today. So I'm very very proud of him as mm. well. Mm. Um, just finally, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Um, so loyalty is one of my main values personally. I took that from the military, um, but loyalty is one of them. So Valor took a chance on me. I'd like to sort of pay them back, really. I'd like to stay with Valor. The company is a fantastic company to work for. Um, all the staff on the same goals, same same wavelength. Um, everyone's happy, kind, welcoming, um, really, really good family atmosphere with Valor. Um, so as an energy manager, I wouldn't mind... I've already gone over to America to help them out. I wouldn't mind to sort of spread my wings about and sort of become a kind of energy manager for the, the global company, really, um, and then manage other energy managers coming through. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably where I want to be, where I want to be pitching myself, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time, Lee. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Checking In, a weekly podcast from Hotel Owner, the UK's trusted source of hotel industry news and analysis. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to. To get more industry insight, head to hotelowner.co.uk and subscribe for unlimited access. If you're interested in sponsoring episodes of the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at hotelowner.co.uk.